this is Humanity Meets Business, Business Therapy with Christine Salvo. I am so excited to introduce my amazing guest today. His name is Ari Gunsberg. Ari Gunsberg is a rising new star in personal growth after experiencing trauma as a child and then extreme volatility as a teenager. As an award-winning international speaker, Ari motivates people using personal stories filled with triumph, tragedy, and transformation. Ari also helps inspire people using one-on-one -on -one coaching and his books for both children and adults. New in 2020 is his debut nonfiction title, The Little Book of Greatness. Ari, it is so amazing to have you here calling all the way from Baltimore, Maryland, right? So yeah. I, know I love that we can kind of go coast to coast here. Um, the wonders so, of technology, right? Thanks so much right? for having me on the show, by the way. Thank you. Yes, Christine. I'm so happy to have you here. So, you know, uh, it's like well, in reading your bio, I have so many little teasers here, right? And and because <laughs> of the nature of the show, I kind of want to just like dive into like, what the heck happened to you? Where are you coming from here? Like the trauma as a child and then extreme volatility as a teenager. You know, more and more and more and more and more. I think we need to be talking about this stuff. But second of all, it's not going away. You know, uh, the teenagers aren't getting any easier and, no. <laughs> and childhoods no, aren't not. necessarily always getting better. So, so there, there's I, a there's a there's so much to unpack in, in everything you said. But um, just to jump quickly into the childhood mo moment. Um, so when I was like a kid, when I was like 10 years old, I was out on a field trip and I can go into like a very detailed story, but I know we don't have like enough time to like really just paint the full picture. But imagine a group of 17 kids walking through the woods with their teacher and the teacher just falls over. And so the kids are like, what in the world just happened? Uh, it happens to be we're a little bit spread out over the trail, but like we gathered together for fairly quickly once this moment happened and we're sitting there, it's like a surreal moment. It's like springtime. So there's like some buds on the trees, some not, there's leaves on the ground. The teacher, the rabbi is like laying prone on the ground and the kids are just sitting and standing around being like, O-M-G, what now? So we went for help. And we, we went a couple of different ways for help, which we're running to figure out a way. How do we get out of the woods? What's going on? How do we, what do we do? And if not for the fact that there was music at the edge of the woods, I don't know if we would have found our way out of the woods as quickly as we did, but there was music at the edge of the woods, music that sounded almost like a carnival. We get to the edge of the woods and we're like, great carnival people, this is amazing. And it was just a random guy standing there playing the bagpipes in a kilt. And we're like, okay, we're not asking him for help. We're going that away <laughs> but um, but uh we went we found these buildings like a little bit past him and you know so I, I i always tell people like i'm pretty sure god told the guy not like like prophecy but like you know like just gave the guy an urge i need to go practice today in my kilt in this spot because that's kind of what led all of us out of the woods i think uh quickly and safely um, but we, we, so we ran to this building, we got a couple of guys, we took them back to what was going on. They started doing CPR. They get, they gathered the rest of the kids. They got them out of there. So nobody was with the, the rabbi anymore. And, uh, it was just like, nobody knew what was going on. And like, we're all standing there. We're like, what do we do? What's happening? The school, the principal and the other teachers were all standing around like near us, but not talking to us. And finally they just took us home and dropped us off at our houses. And, and later that day, I, so I don't know how all the other kids found out in the end, but later that day, I told my dad, like, you know, we have no idea what happened. So we called up the school to say, hey, my kid, you know, you dropped him off. What's going on? And, and as he's on the phone call, you could just watch his face drop like a thousand feet. And he like looks up at me as he's hanging up the phone. He's like, he, he's gone. And so like they're in the kitchen at that moment 
we had this like hugging and sobbing moment where like we were just falling apart because he knew the the, the teacher as well um and it was just it was just complete and totally crushing completely and totally crushing uh there is a little bit of a happy ending to the story many 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 years later um you know we were talking earlier about my kids you know i have four kids but but my second kid was a boy and we were sitting there at the naming ceremony and like it was just super emotional my dad um my dad was holding the baby while we were doing the naming and stuff and he's sitting there holding this little baby and i whisper the name over to the rabbi who's reading the name out loud and he sits there and he says the name out loud and it's that name of this rabbi from 20 plus years beforehand and you know it was a super emotional moment and like i walk over to the side to where my mom was to sit there and see her for a second and she's crying and she like looks at me and she's like yeah i thought you would name after him um it was funny because like my you know my, my, i told my wife i'm like yeah we're naming the our first boy we're naming after this person and she's like well convention says that we're supposed to name like this and this one's supposed to get this name and this one's supposed to get this name and i'm like yeah no you don't understand from the time i was 10 years old the first boy that i had was going to be named this so like all the rest of that stuff like you know you can kind of take that and shift it off to the side our fourth boy that's coming out is going to be named after this guy yeah or or we're having all girls if you yeah sure sure <laughs> <laughs> Or, or one of our girls will have the unfortunate pleasure of being named, but this name will be passed on. Yeah. So, so he, so my son is named after him now, um, wow. many, many years later. Um, and you know, it's it's a it's a little it's a little token of, of a way to keep the memory alive of like you know this this very very traumatic event that happened to me. Um, you know, and it's 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 nice, nice, nice. I don't know, nice, but it's it's interesting because. You know the synagogue that I pray in. The 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 rabbi's nephew prays there also, so like I see him on a fairly regular basis and stuff. And so like he knows that he's named after him. And then and then his former brother-in-law and sister-in-law live next door to my parents, which I didn't know this until many years later. But you know, so they see him. And they're like, oh, and they you know they see the kid. So like he's got a lot of people who know who he's named after and, and dote on him a little bit just because of it. Not a lot, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> just enough just enough yeah but then so then that that led me through some interesting situations essentially which brings me you know you mentioned the volatility during the teenage years so I'm, I'm skipping forward a number of years with a lot of stuff happening in the meantime and and you know I was talking to somebody earlier today about it it's not a direct catalyst of but it was a major event that that led me into a place where where I ended up in these places um but the main thing is is like my teenage years i mean i was not doing the right stuff <laughs> like when people say to me like hey where'd you go to high school and i'm like yeah the pizza shop um it's because... <laughs> that's a great that's a very original answer i haven't heard that one yet <laughs> yeah i mean that's where i went to high school basically i mean i wasn't actually in high school at the time but you know that's basically where i went to high school you know i mean so luck i mean after that i got my gd i went to college you know i did, sure, I did sure. everything uh, not everybody does, but I did. And, and, but, but, you know, at the time, like I was hanging out with people who were, they're great people. I love them. We were all doing the wrong things together and we were all making poor choices together. And, um, you know, I made a bunch of poor choices and a bunch of wrong choices that took me into some pretty crazy situations sometimes, you know, um, Obviously, I haven't done everything, but like, you know, if you mention almost anything, it's there's a decent chance that it, I did it or it happened to me. Um, 
to to a degree you know like there's certain things that like you know uh there's certain things that like just didn't happen but but um but the the experiences that i had then were like super super varied and like i you know recreational use and and uh tons of partying and 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 brush ups with uh with the law and everything and and issues with this and issues with that and and just a lot of a lot of things that 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 happened in the period of a few short years that certainly had a a long lasting effect on on a lot of different things that i went through um overall now that i'm out of it and now that we're on the other side of it like for the better you know i mean it's 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 some of those things where where you're like i wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy necessarily but if you've gone through them and you have a healthy attitude about them now that you've gone through them well they weren't the worst thing in the world post facto but during and and you know to ever want to ever do anything like that again absolutely not um you know i mean i mean um you know, sometimes, sometimes a scary illness might be a type of thing like that. Nobody ever wants to get super sick, but a lot of times when people do get sick and then they get better, they find that their life has improved for it. Or that, you know, sometimes if it's something like, let's say the measles uh, or something, you know, something like that, like once they've recovered from it, they know that they're now protected. So they're like, okay, no, you know, I didn't want to get it. But now that, you know, like chicken pox as a kid, nobody want no, you don't necessarily want to get it. The parents want you to get it right up until they came out the vaccine, but like nobody wants, but once they have it, they're never getting it again. So it's like, okay, for standing on the other side of that, I'm really happy that that is already over with in my life. Um, Sure. But a lot of, a lot of just taking what's happened and, and really being able to kind of see how you could have gone other directions and yet you didn't. Right. And every once in a while, like you have to follow the the breadcrumbs for a little bit, right? You have to kind of see where this goes, dip your toes and see what it's about to know what you don't want. Every once in a while, you know, the experience of what we do want comes from what we don't want or what, what we didn't think would, you know, help propel us forward or things like that. That's kind of what I'm hearing you say there. Definitely. I mean, that, that, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good way of putting it. You know, I mean, people talk about inflection points, if that's what you want to call it. Um, there's also sometimes when you, you know, you're doing something or you're thinking about doing something and you say, you know what, it just doesn't make sense. Um, there was a point in time of time in my life when I was doing something, which I won't specify for many reasons. Um, and, and at some point, very shortly after I started, I was like looking at it, risk reward and like other stuff. And I was like, this just doesn't make any sense. Right. Like I, this is not a path that I want to be going down. And so I, I, that was, that was one of this, one of the instances in which I was like, you know what, this is just something that I have to go ahead and just stop because it just doesn't make any sense. There we go. Um, yeah. And there, I mean, there's, there's, there's another example that I can bring up in a little bit more detail, um, which is like a fascinating thing, the way that it happened, because I don't think it happens like this to everybody, but when I was 15 and working at this pizza shop, I wanted to uh, get my driver's license. Maryland makes you get a certain number of hours of driving practice with somebody in the car, right? Like a mm-hmm. learner's permit type stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very hard to get that many hours sometimes unless you have a reason and a way to drive a lot. So a man at the, at the pizza shop who I got very close with, um, he's like, I don't mind if you drive my car on the way to the meeting because he was in NA and AA meetings. He's like, I don't mind if you drive my car to the meeting and I don't mind if you drive my car back from the meeting, but you're going to come to the meeting with me. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I'm 15. I didn't have much else, to, <laughs> I didn't have anything else going on. I'm like, whatever. It sounds like something to do at night. So, um, 
So I started driving him to these meetings. And meanwhile, I had no business being in these rooms at the time. Um, you know, thank God I still don't have any sort of like addiction problem. So like, but like I, I walked into these rooms with not, nothing, you know, and like, I'm like walking in like the first time he like nudges me to introduce myself and like in these meetings, if anybody hasn't been, you know, when they they'll say, is anybody new? And so like person stands up or raises their hand and says, you know, my name is Ari. And if it's an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, the, the typical thing to say is, and I'm an alcoholic. And if it's a Narcotics Anonymous meeting, the typical thing to say is, and I'm an addict. Well, we go to this thing and find, one time he nudges me to like, you know, introduce myself. And I'm like, okay, hi, my name's Ari. And I just stop. And it's just not the typical way to introduce yourself. So he like looks, he's like, he don't know what he is yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, Which, like, he doesn't know how right he is. <laughs> yeah, so like, like, and, but, but, but everybody in the room just assumed that like, he knows that I'm using and that I belong there and I'm just not willing to admit that I'm an addict. So they're like, okay, whatever, they just blew it off. But, um, you know, since since then, when I go to these things, just to you know, there's there's a the saying when in Rome do as the Romans do, and there's other versions of that as well. Um, if I walk into one of these things, like I went a number of years ago to uh, somebody who was celebrating the anniversary, and they asked me to come, so I walked in, and and you know, when they do the thing, either I just don't introduce myself, or if I do introduce myself, I just follow convention, regardless of what the truth is. It just, you know, it makes people feel more comfortable. You know, this is what's going on, whatever. You know, so. Um, but it was, it was just like one of the, oh, so, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. But the reason that I brought that up is because later on in my life, when I was an older teenager, and I actually was around people who were doing things and making these bad mistakes. And, and you know, like I see people like, you know, doing heroin or doing like some serious drugs or snorting cocaine or whatever it is, and they're all around me. I had been to these meetings so many times and listened to people being like, and then I started doing heroin and everything went way worse than it ever was before. And here's all the ways that my life fell apart. And then I started doing cocaine and here's all the ways that my life fell apart. Like I'd heard so many stories of people whose entire life got destroyed to such a, a, a sharp degree from whatever it was, from whatever things that they were doing, that it was such an easy thing to sit there and be like yeah that's just not going to happen because a lot of people might sit there and try and tell themselves as teenagers right we, we, we're, we're invincible we live forever right nothing's mm -hmm. ever going to happen to me so a lot of teenagers will tell themselves yeah no i can handle it but in my particular situation there wasn't even a question it wasn't like i had already it was it was such an interesting way that that you know uh for a religious person that god had made everything happen in a particular order so that that those questions never even came up it was just like yes yeah, it's not happening and for a non-religious person just you know the sequence of events worked so well to my advantage sorry <laughs> um it was just it was just i just felt it was like an interesting thing uh that had happened that it kind of i guess protected me through those volatile years in my teenage years right like like it's almost like you got the message before beforehand and then you knew better Right. Almost exactly. like, oh, no, that's a terrible idea. I'm just going to exactly. go ahead and not do that. And I'm guessing all these years later, you're like, thank goodness. Well, so, I have I have a few kids that I a few kids that I grew up with are no longer with us due to heroin overdoses. Right. Yeah. And, and, and um, that's kind of that story. That's a common story, unfortunately. Right. So they're I mean, they're they're dead. And then I know other people whose lives never got off the ground because of because of uh, um usage of things like that you know i mean Absolutely. they just they, they got into it and they literally cannot get their life in order because of because of the everything with that it's just crazy right 
So, so you have, you know, these, these really specific events in your life and you grow up and life happens and then you just start writing books or how did we get to where we are now? You're, I mean, you're, you're an author. Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got there, but, but something propelled you to go, I have something inside of me that needs to get out. The world needs to hear this. People need to hear this. I've been into writing since I'm a little kid. I mean, I have memories, although I I wish I had that documents, but I don't anymore, but I have memories of being like, you know, five years old, sitting at the family computer in the, in the, in the living room. Cause my dad was like very, very tech savvy. And and using like WordPerfect back when WordPerfect was nothing but a blue screen and a white cur- and a white like blinking underscore and you know typing out stories on there. So my my aspirations of being a writer go go quite far back. But um, so I've always wanted to be like a novelist and stuff like and things like that. So if back when my third child was born, right before she was born, uh, a friend of ours sent out a notice saying, "Hey, by the way, uh, you know she worked at a at a juvenile detention center, like a prison for for younger kids." And she's like, we, I want to teach the kids a little bit about other types of careers other than like police officer, teacher, and drug dealer. Who's willing to come in and talk to these kids? And and based on my past and having you know spent uh, you know a little bit of time here and there <laughs> in those situations, I was like, yeah, I'm not interested. No thanks. And you know, point blank refused. But then I, I some time went by and I was like, wait a minute, like I can actually relate to these kids because I've been there. I can actually talk to these kids, like because I I was in their shoes to some degree. And so I said, you know what, actually, let me take it. Let me, let me come in and talk to them. And she's like, yeah, all filled up. I said, dodge that bullet. <laughs> but then, but within a day or so, she got back and she said, okay, somebody just canceled. We have a spot for you. So I said, no problem. And I went in and I, and I, I connected with these kids on such a level that it, that, that it was, it was such an amazing thing. And at the same time, I was working with a business coach to figure out what I should do for business. And so I, I kind of like decided to just see where this uh, speaking career would take me. Um, and, I, and I have a, a natural pension for it, I guess you could say. You know, I've won a number of awards speaking and I've, and I've given speeches to large crowds. And, you know, so it, it just, it flowed really, really well. Um, and I wanted to put a book together, but I just had so many things going on. I couldn't sit down and write it. And then COVID happened. And all the speaking stuff, it just dried up so quickly. And I said, you know what? This is a really good time. I'm, I'm, I've got other stuff going on. I'm working on other things, but this is a really good time because a lot of my distractions are just not even distractions anymore because COVID just killed everything. And I started, I dedicated some time every single morning. And I, over the course of, I think it was two or three months, I punched out this book. And then I spent a few more months, you know, editing it and going through and, and processes and, and, and putting the whole thing together. And I, and, uh, and then I published it last August, uh, the end of last August. And I did like a self-publishing thing through Amazon. And I've been entering it into a bunch of awards and it's gotten finalists in some awards ceremonies. It's gotten uh, awards and other awards ceremonies. So it's officially quote unquote, an award-winning book and whatnot, which, you know, I think is pretty cool. It's got over a hundred reviews on Amazon with an average of 4.6. So like, the reception, yeah, the reception has been pretty good um, for somebody who who is at the beginning of their career and is not very well known yet. The reception has been really, I think, fantastic. Uh, you know, every single person, you know, I was in I was in synagogue the other day and somebody came over to me. He looks at me. He's like, are you the Gunsberg wrote that book? I'm like, yeah. He's like, good job. 
<laughs> it's awesome. uh yeah it's, so it's, tell uh, me a little it's, bit about this book so you wrote it what's in it oh yeah thank you so the book is a parable it's told in story form Love it. and it's a man who goes through a, a journey and it, it you know people have complained that it feels a little contrived it is a little contrived because the, the part of the goal of it is that you can read it in only a few hours you know like i'm not trying to have people listen to read the book for 15 hours or anything but anyways um a guy goes on a journey he's sent on a journey essentially to learn about what what i call the five keys to greatness and he goes through and he meets different people throughout his journey who go ahead and tell him about these five keys to greatness that somebody can use to align their life to and and improve their whole quality of life I'll give you the very, very basic summary of the five keys to greatness. It doesn't take away from the book at all because the book goes into a lot more detail. Um, and the best way to remember it is I use a mnemonic, which is the word great, G-R-E-A-T. And then, so you have the first one is give, be more giving. And that's not just of money, it's of everything. Uh, R is a reason, you know, it's good to have a purpose, a reason for being. E is for engage, uh, engage which is, you know, you wanna be more engaged with your life. You wanna be more present in the present moment. A is for amazing, to have more positivity in every moment and about everything. And T is for tenacity. The more pers persistent that we're able to be, the more that we're able to keep on going after uh, goals or things that we want or, or you know, just keep on trying to do things, the better off we are and the, the more we grow as a result of it. And it's, I, call it, I call it a framework as opposed to a system because a system is like, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, and that's not the goal of this. The goal of this is a framework. You can look at your life at any particular time that you want, and you could say, are there any of these keys that I'm a little bit weak in? And if you are, you can go ahead and just try and improve a little bit, right? You know, if I'm not giving enough, maybe I can give a little bit more and that'll improve my, the, the quality of my life in a little bit, in a, in a way. Uh, if I keep on giving up too easily, maybe I can just increase a little bit of my tenacity and I can improve my life like that. If I find that I'm being a little bit too negative, maybe I can increase the, my ability to look at things in more of a positive light and I can incre in, increase my life's happiness that way. And it's, so it's just a framework to sit there and, and uh, you know, use to kind of, I guess, evaluate your life, to audit your own life and say, hey, am I doing everything right? You know, if I'm not doing everything, you know, if I, if I look in these five different key areas, where are some places that I can quickly and easily improve and increase my overall happiness, well-being in life? Ooh, I like, I like, I like, I like. Um, I actually, I love that you started with give. How, how did you put these in order this way? I'm just so curious. That is a fantastic question. Uh, the basic process is like this. Uh, a few years ago, long story short, we wanted to give my daughter the opportunity to be in sleepaway camp with her grandmother. Uh, and it was a year early and we had an opportunity to go work at the camp. So we worked at the camp and I was the driver for the camp, which means that I racked up like nine, eight or 9,000 miles of driving over the course of one summer, wow. which means a lot of time spent in the driver's seat. But uh, I use it, you know, efficiently in the sense that, you know, first of all, I don't mind driving. Second of all, I, I, I listen to books. I, sometimes I'll just, you know, relax and listen to music, but other times I'll sit there and I'll think and I'll brainstorm. And over the course of the summer, I came up with five keys, but I came up with these five P words, you know, uh, so it's, it's um, uh, provide, purpose, I'm going to go provide, purpose, presence, uh, and this is why I had to change them, because I can't, I can't even remember them, provide, purpose, presence, uh, P, A is for positivity and persistence. 
And, and it, because I kept, I had to keep on looking at my notes to be able to remember all five of them. Cause they're just five random P words. I was like, you know what? I need to come up with a better system to remember them. So I, I, I started writing out like different synonyms and I started kind of like looking at different words that would make sense, you know? And one of the words that made sense was great. So I sat there and looked at synonyms with the word great to see if they worked. And I found that they really worked, right? Give, reason, engage, amazing tenacity. I'm like, that works. It's easy to remember, it fits. And so I said, that's it. We're gonna stick with that one. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So give, so, give actually love, was not- I love that you're like, I can't even remember this myself. Um, okay. You know, if I think about it long enough, but it, it's, it can't be something that you have to think about long enough because as soon as you do that, you failed. Not failed really, but I'm saying it's, it, it's not, what I really, I, I, I really enjoy reading like self-help books and books that are supposed to help you learn about yourself and about the world around you and make things good and all these things. What I hate is getting a self-help book that sits there and goes through and it's like so complicated. You're like, this is such good information. I want it and I want to know what's in here, but I feel like I need to get like a notebook and write out a, a lengthy Megillah just to like even have an idea of how to implement this in my life. So that's why like, I love the idea that like, it's the book you can read. And it's got five words and you can basically remember every single one of the five words because it goes great. And that's all you have to remember. And you can reread the book if you want. You can take notes if you want, but you don't have to. Right. Well, I just want to point out that that took tenacity <laughs> for you to go over it, go over it again and find something that worked. So I, I always love somebody that uh, I like to say takes their own medicine, right? Yeah. So well, I learned about tenacity. most. Buy it too, right? I learned tenacity most of all when I was doing a charity ride for kids with cancer, which I ended up doing six times, which is a 180 mile bike ride over the course of two days. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I never trained enough. So I always needed to sit there and like talk myself up those hills because it was torture, not in a bad, not torture, torture, but it was just, it was very, very tough. And it took a lot of willpower to stay on, to stay in the saddle and stay on the bike. Um, and I'm, I'm having to reapply those lessons now because I'm, I'm learning for the outdoor stuff that I do. I'm learning how to do whitewater kayaking, which means to start with, that means flat water kayaking, but learning how to flip yourself over to roll over. And I get onto the, I get it right now. I've only been like twice. I'm going again tomorrow night, but like I get into the kayak and I'm like, holy crap, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I feel like I'm going to flip over and I'm like trying to like, you know, I'm trying to go in a straight line and they're like, and I just start turning in a circle. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this. But of course I don't know how to do it. I just started. But like, it just, when you see the people around you doing it so well, who have been doing it for a long time, it feels, you know, so it's, it's like, I, I know that I have to just apply this, this ability of persistence and say, no, I just got to stick with it because with enough practice and enough time it will come and it will come naturally i just need to sit there and give it the time which a lot of times like a lot of times people don't want to continue with something because they're like i'm not good at it and you're like of course you're not good at it you just started you have to stick with it you have to continue you have to keep on practicing and that's you know that's part of life so ari just to kind of wrap things up i i really i really admire what you've said in your journey and kind of what you've decided to do with it right so often we have a story in our head or our heart or something that could impact others and it just kind of stays with us or our immediate friend group or the occasional stranger we might share it to but writing a book is is a whole nother level it's like this this needs to get out there people need to hear this and knowing that it can change people's lives you know in the present and the future right and sometimes uh, leave a legacy 
So what really sticks with me is, is to be great, you have to give reason, engage, amazing and tenacity, right? So it makes get, it makes great actually an action word. It makes it, it changes the meaning in a lot of ways of if you're seeking greatness, be great, right? right. <laughs> so I just think that's brilliant and I love it. So I'm really I'm super excited to have you on and tell your story and what this is all about. So for our listeners, if they want to know more or maybe uh, find a copy of this book, where could they go? So the two quickest things, anything about me is ariguns.com, A-R-I-G-U-N-Z.com. That'll take them to a website. It's got tons of information uh, about the book. You can go to littlebookofgreatness.com, all spelled out. So just littlebookofgreatness.com. And people can actually download the first two chapters for free and check it out if it's something that seems like they're more interested in it. You know, it's available for sale on Amazon as an ebook, a paperback, and a hardcover. I do have plans to do a, an audiobook. I just haven't gotten it done yet. It, I don't know exactly. There's no, ex, there's no expected date on that one, you know. But yeah, I mean, def, definitely reach out. And if anybody ever has any questions or just wants to reach out, say, hey, whatever, no problem. There's a contact form on the website as well, the ariguns.com website. Uh, always love to hear from people. Thank you so much, Ari. Keep doing the awesome work you're doing. I am definitely going to take a look at this book and really do my best to remember this, uh, this to be great, be great. Because I that really is, a, I like that you did it because it's very sticky. I, it's already stuck to me. I'm like, ooh, this has been Business Therapy, Humanity Meets Business with Christine Salvo, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, Advanced Certified Mediator and Hypnotherapist. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.